Hello, everyone, and thank you for listening to the Fabrication Friday podcast. I'm your host, Joe Fairley, certified prosthetist, 3D printing enthusiast, and owner of Ascent Fabrication. Fabrication Friday is an all-around fun time where I talk about 3D printing applications, conduct interviews with industry leaders, and much more. Come join us every Friday for an informational discussion around the evolution of the additive manufacturing field and how we utilize various digital workflows and 3D printing methods in our daily work at Ascent Fabrication. All right. Hello, everyone. Happy Fabrication Friday. I'm your host, Joe Fairley. I'm the owner of Ascent Fabrication and 3D printing enthusiast, uh, certified prosthetist as well. Uh, today, we've got a, a very special guest on that I was just with this week uh, down on Long Island, uh, Mr. Mike Nadada, uh, the uh, owner and operator of New York Rehab and uh, Prosthetics and Orthotics there. So we had a great time with them. They brought us in for uh, our in-house training. So typically we go into um, someone's clinic or otherwise outside the prosthetics and orthotics realm uh, to help with some installation and really in-depth training on a couple key 3D printers that either we have ourselves or we also support. Um, so thank you very much, Mike, for taking time out of your morning here uh, before your busy clinical schedule today. I appreciate it. No problem. My pleasure. Yeah. So, um, you know, with the the 3D printing that uh, we went through the last the last couple of days earlier this week, mm-hmm. um, I guess let's just start out with kind of a general, um, you know, what's your background in prosthetics and orthotics? And then how did you get started in, in 3D printing? Sure. So um, I'm a CPO. I believe I've been certified since 2003. So that's... Uh, about 20 years. I wasn't gray when I started. Um, and um, so I've been, you know, I've had my own clinic since uh, I was at last 19, 18 years of that. So um, yeah, I've, you know, we've, I've run the business for, for a while. And I always, I always knew that um, I want to get into CAD CAM, even when I was in school and it wasn't anything that it is today. Uh, I was always fascinated by the the CNC carving. Uh, I just thought it was a cleaner, more efficient way of doing things. Um, not that I don't love plaster and I don't love sculpting. And it's not, you know, it hits the spot sometimes when you had a long day and you want to right. react. But um, I always knew that that was the future. And um, so I always felt that, you know, one of my one of my career goals would be to able to be able to afford and and to operate one of these and and as we all know uh, a lot of this is cost prohibitive in the field especially when you're starting out so especially you know the cnc carving and um and the scanners right back in the day you know you don't have these uh iphone scanners or these structure scanners they were thirty thousand uh, dollar whatever they were you know the the polhemus i think they were you know there were there was a lot of so um, it wasn't something that anyone could just jump into. And uh, as I kind of trotted along in my career and, and my business, um, I was fortunate enough to um, start employing some engineers and and other consultants who were able to build us, you know, for a lot cheaper, our own CNC carver. Um, and we were able to, at one point, you're talking, I would say by around 2014, Right. So it's still eight or nine years ago when this was 
I guess 3D printing was still in its infancy. Right. Um, carving was out there, but you know, again, to get a carver was a was a hundred grand in those days. We were able to build a CNC carver uh, for under five thousand dollars at the time, and um, a gentleman named Tom Carr. Um, I, I'm curious if he's still out there. Hmm. And um, he uh, he built it for us, and we we tweaked it a little bit. And um, you know, we we I think at the time we were using CanFit, we were able to get them to. I couldn't out, outright pay for the software, so they they leased it to us. I think we paid month by month. They gave us a scanner to try the the Spectrum scanner. I think it was called is. Uh, and we evolved, you know, as I started carving, we were doing a lot of orthotics and, and prosthetics, and it was a learning curve. There's no question. Um, and we started playing with the, the structure scanner um, as, a, as a more portable uh, uh, way of doing things. When we started with the spectrum scanner, we it was, you know, it's, it's a big thing. And uh, we used to scan casts, outsides of casts. Mm-hmm. And I had one guy who would just sit in a room all day and he'd have a pile of AFO and and whatever cast, and he'd just sit there in the dark because I, I don't even remember how he used it, but he was scanning those uh, casts. And uh, then slowly we got into the structure scanners and, you know, they had their benefits of being much more cost efficient and um, and uh, and doing a decent job of scanning. Um, so we did a lot of work there. And, uh, and then it was brought to my attention this idea uh, of uh, around 2014 of 3D printing, which I've heard the concept. I never... I never could fathom in my mind what that means, that there is a printer that creates an object. And um, I had one clinician um, who was just, he said, that's the next step. You got to look into this 3D printing. And um, I said, okay. We went to the Jacob Javits uh, Center. They had a 3D printing show. And I think I told you this when you were by my clinic. And I just went around to all, uh, Ultimaker was there and... um, um what's that the other one we were just talking about i keep forgetting the name now they were a big maker player. bot was that it maker bot maker now bot. they've merged they're now ultimaker still but maker bot and ultimate oh, seriously same company what? yeah yeah <laughs> wow wow yeah. so anyway i mean i saw these amazing i remember i seen like star wars figurines and and all these really cool things and i would go around saying okay i need to make a prosthesis it's got to hold somebody's weight can i look at this short break break everything i would touch would literally crumble in my hands and um it, it you know the 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 technology fascinated me but i was like this there's no way this is applicable right now it's just it's right. this is tissue paper um so you know we 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 trudged on we kind of shelved that for a little bit um i remember following a company wasp out in italy for a while yeah watching them right so they were using fdm they still are they're doing they're building houses now i think yeah some um, of the original delta printers right Yep. Yep. And I remember thinking, okay, you know, and they, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, they have a, like an orthopedic side or they did at one point even, mm-hmm. and they had a prosthetist who I believe his workflow was he was 3d printing, um, PLA shells and then a very thin shell and laminating over that. Okay. okay interesting workflow, but you know, a, a way in, uh, I think we finally, I said, we got to just jump into this somehow I, I need to get a printer and and we we bought a delta printer uh, at one point okay. just to have it just to learn from it right and i don't remember doing much with it i don't even know if we got it to work it was just yeah. 
It was, I don't even know the brand, you know, again, these things are expensive or the real ones, the Stratus is I'm not, you know, wasn't that type yeah. of, of position that I'm going to buy a, you know, one of those big Stratuses, which again, weren't necessarily, I should mute that, um, um, you know, wasn't in that league, but not that they would really do the job anyway. Right. Uh, what they call the Fortis? Did I make that up? Yeah, no, that's, that sounds about right. Yeah. Right, those big printers and everyone's talking about them and yeah. But the same day, at the same time, you know, they're still printing PLA. It was still the same, right. you know, thing. It was twenty hours, and it was, yeah. you know, Z lines and um, Z layer, you know, adhesion issues. So, um, you know, we we just we had to get into it a little bit more. Um, so moving forward, we I had a string of engineers who just didn't know necessarily anything about prosthetics, but knew about whether it's robotics i had you know 3d printing people had um um uh, cnc people you know whatever it is and slowly but slowly we came up with i think we're gonna have to make our own printer at this stage because there's nothing out there and um i had heard that pdi was doing things with pellets uh pellet extrusion i was like okay that might be a little stronger Right. Um, about what and, time was that maybe 2016 2018 2016 2016 i remember it exactly because we moved into our, our present facility in 2016 okay and with a, um and before our building was finished with the renovations we had we had moved one of the iterations of the pellet extruder uh, pellet printers here um we actually got fined by the by the town because they thought we were manufacturing here we weren't manufacturing wasn't zoned a whole to do oh we, had, we had a we had to go to a variance meeting and i remember i still remember a town resident got up and he said how do we know that they're not 3d printing weapons here oh and my weapons. goodness yeah and i was saying well we're making you know prosthetic limbs <laughs> it passed we were fine at the end but just right. to give you an idea, and, and I still remember telling them, like, you're, you're concerned about what we're making, but your library down the street at that point had an FDM printer yeah. in it, you know, the public library. So right. it, was, it was funny more than anything. It wasn't uh, really much of a nuisance at the end, but interesting. just to kind of throw that in there. So yeah. um, what I liked about the pellet idea was that, you know, there's one material that I was comfortable fabricating with, and that's copolymer plastic. Mm -hmm. um, I just found it to be uh, more of an indestructible material. And again, what as prosthetists, as as orthotists, we're, we're one of our primary concerns is always the integrity of, of a device and the story. Will it support the patient? Not only will it do the job, but will it not crumble beneath them, you know, causing, you know, God forbid, more damage. So I, I always felt that copolymer was 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 a good material. Mm -hmm. Um and that's why I like the idea of pellet extruding because, you know, at the time, again, we're talking about there was PLA out there. Maybe there were these carbon fiber infused filaments, but um, maybe a little polypropylene. Again, these are all still not really going where we wanted them yet. But right. uh, I like the idea of of fabricating directly what we would make our sheet plastics from. Yeah. Right. And we knew yeah, that the same material. Same material, literally, it's either going to go into a sheet form or it's going to go into a, a socket form. Mm -hmm. um, it was not an easy task. We had many iterations of the um, of the pellet extruder. Um, 
but finally, and, and many iterations of the of the gantry system that would house it, and we made these monsters. Um, you know, we we it, it was it was it was a it was, a, it was a, a a real process. It was a real process, right? But um, at the end, we got very comfortable, definitely fabricating TPU. Um, we 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 were you know um, we we liked the idea of the inner flexible inner sockets that were always um, a uniform thickness. And that was a, a really, that was a nice thing because, you know, when you're pulling plastic, you can't promise uniform thickness. Right. Um, uniform thickness also means that you could retrofit other inner sockets in because you can now quantify what you have. So it, right. it helped us clinically when we were able to do that. Um, and then, you know, on the copolymer side, um, again, and you know how I test things. Uh, we do the, the yep. ultimate break tests. Um, I it never it. drive it over with your car. I love drive it. Drive it with my car, <laughs> whack it with a mallet. Yeah, you know, everyone's nobody's gonna have that in real life. Nobody's gonna do that in real life. I said, well, in the absence of of real, you know, uh, testing equipment, we have to go to extremes. And if if a device is gonna survive an extreme, it'll certainly survive a day to day. Um, because we can't predict, you know, all the little mishaps that can happen. Um, uh, besides just standing up and walking. Um, so I never felt I got a hundred percent there with copolymer. We were at, at, at the, really at the height, we were 3d printing AFOs, um, KFOs even, um, we were able to do articulating AFOs, uh, AKs and, uh, VKs were able to, to make the forms, but I never felt comfortable enough, um, putting them on patients, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, maybe I was to an extreme, maybe, maybe my standards were, were too high, expecting you know them to be completely indestructible. But I, I just again, as a, as a as a person, I never got there. So we had a lot of in theory, you know, a lot of it was, you know, we would see our patients, we would be doing fabrication normally, um, we would be using the carver, uh, we would always use the carver the whole time. Uh, as as we were using the carver, we were working our digital modifications. So you know, there's so many. I always say there's. Don't forget the um, cam, layers to cam, it. Right? There's, the layers to it. there's a yeah. lot of layers and you got to keep up with all of them. And we we're kind of getting better. And, um, you know, at one point, but again, we weren't, I wouldn't say we were fully implemented. We had a lot of little things going in different directions. We we're doing a lot of R&D, a lot. Yeah. Um, and we we're always trying new scanners. And I showed you some of the equipment we used, right. et cetera. And you know, it's almost sounds like you could write a, you know, a novel on this, but COVID yeah. hit, COVID hit, right? And that was the turning point for us because when everything shut down and the world shut down, we, you know, we still are in a lot, uh, we service a lot of um, skilled nursing facilities and they were all open and the therapists would call us, the physical therapists say, we need prosthetic limbs. Mm-hmm. We weren't allowed in. Right. That's where, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. Um, we had all the tools at our disposal. We had the ability to um, uh, shape capture. We had the ability to build CAD shapes. We had the ability to manufacture. Again, we couldn't even be in our building on top of each other. Luckily, we have a, a very large facility. So when we were able to get back in, we were able to distance us, you know, right. everybody. we all had a, a corner in this place. Yeah. Um, and I remember they were desperate. And we, I remember talking to my my chief prosthetist. I said, "We gotta, we gotta roll out the CAD. We gotta do it." And we started. I remember the first uh, patient in the Bronx. 
where we zoomed with the therapist. We were able to, you know, with their help, you know, take shape capture and measurements and so on, um, all through Zoom, and um, and we were able to fabricate um, in house. We we uh, we used the CAD system. We we three D printed inner sockets. We really crank, and we delivered to the door. Here you go, physical therapist. Here's your prosthesis. Right. I'll be I'll be in the car. Let's zoom it, and I'll tell you what we're gonna do, and then come on right. back, and I'll do an adjustment. And that was the first of hundreds of deliveries over COVID when everybody was shut wow. down. We were we were it. We were going and blowing, and yeah. um, and we got better, <laughs> and we got quicker, and and we were very busy. We are busy, but that really started a resurgence, and 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 it got us not only just using it theoretically, but we haven't stopped. Right. We have- and that's that's where we are today, basically. With uh, with that kind of transition from um, you know pellet printing and then and then COVID hitting, did you continue the pellet printing, or did you start with other printers? I know we, you know, worked on a few other printers there the last couple of days. Yeah. So you know, at one point, um, at one point, we we said to ourselves um, that we we hit the maximum we could do with the pellet printing and they, they were fickle machines. Um, it wasn't just, it, you know, again, when you're running a business, it's, it's also fun to play, right. but you need, you need um, dependency. You need, you know, uh, you need repeatability. You need to know that you're setting a print. It'll be done, you know, at, at the end of the day. Not that, and these printers, I mean, they were homegrown machines. Um, I told you, I think even Autobach, you know, the, 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 uh, Heads of Autobot came down at one point to see our printers. Yeah, yeah, um, and that wasn't even that long ago. Um, but they were they were like you know whatever the word is you know not that they were held together with chewing gum and spit, but sure. you know, they were yeah, short. Yeah. We'd have to change out thermistors. We'd have to change out uh, the rolling wheels, whatever. And I'm not in. By the way, my part in all this is I don't even think I was allowed to turn the printers on. I still <laughs> right. Uh, I kind of sit back and marvel at what very intelligent people can do yeah. and my two cents because it's easy to tell somebody else what to do besides doing it. So I can't even tell you half what was going on, but you know, we would have issues with um we had nobody to talk to about this either. Um, you know, right. the, the the prince clogging and um and 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 we'd have to take apart the, the extruders and you'd find these big molten pieces of plastic, you know, caught in there. Uh, we learned all about, you know, drying, which again, we didn't have this information at the time. Right. Yeah. When we learned, hey, we're printing, you know, in a lower level that's a little bit more humid, but yet we're keeping, you know, hundreds of pounds of pellets in the garage. Right. And right when we switched to a new bag, we had no problems, but it was always in the mid-month, you know, and it took yeah. us time to connect the dots of these things sure. were, were collecting moisture. So it was really the school of hard knocks. And there was just so many, you know, we got to the point we had four very large uh um, five actually at the end of these printers going, but one was always down easily, easily was down, maybe even two. Yeah. And, um, but they were going and it was just to me, I, you know, I have to, you know, I, I just couldn't, at one point it just got a little overwhelming. Um, but we were really into the CAD and uh, we were able to, you know, afford at, at that point, you know, CAD sold itself to me. So I said before <laughs> that, that you know a lot of the stuff is cost prohibitive right but it's cost prohibitive for two reasons number one not everybody has 100 grand to shell out on equipment but number two even if you did and it's something you've never 
personally tried, it, it, it's not worth the money necessarily. Right. How do you know that you're going to get your hundred thousand dollars out? You know, we're not we're not multi billion dollar corporations that can right. buy a you know an MJF printer and say, oh, well, we can't use it. Okay, we'll leave it in the corner. Yeah, who cares? Um, so to me, the CAD had to sell it to us. So at that point, our little three thousand dollar carver was also puttering away and barely, you know, right. And and at that point, it was worth it to me to buy a real carver. We we, we got ours from Medico Supplies, an incredible company. Yeah, I I get paid for that little push. They're really great. Um, so I we heard good we, things from Medico for sure. They, they are. I highly recommend working with them. Um, they're really um uh, upstanding people, and they make a great product. Um, so at that point, you know, the, the, the technology sold itself. So I wasn't afraid to put money down because you, you, you know, I knew I was making it back. It was, it wasn't even a question. Right. And, um, we we're just chugging along with, um, you know, again, carving, but I kind of just put an end. I what my, uh, my last engineer had moved away from the state, he moved down. So, so to speak, the project had a natural end to it. Um, but at one point, um, I heard, um, I'm trying to think it was it was must have been on LinkedIn one of these videos uh, I'm not the biggest social media person sure um but I heard um um uh Derek Schmidt yeah talking about these sidewinder printers yeah and just getting you started and at that point it was just me and my technicians we have no um, formal training in engineering or 3D printing or anything it's like you know what for 300 bucks whatever the cost was just buy a printer I, i've wasted a lot more on a lot less and um and we were surprised at how great the quality was mm -hmm. right um, out of the box no modifications whatsoever. no modifications no setting i bought a 30 dollars spool of uh, tpu off of amazon and uh, the same tpu we were printing inners all this time yeah and um and that was we were getting I would say even a better product. They were, you know, you got, you get to choose your, now it's neon green and it was blue before it was, they came out tan. We used to have to dye them with a ah. master batch pellet. We would throw a couple of pellets into the mix so they come out black. Right. It was like a, not a, not an attractive color, the natural TPU. Right. Uh, at least, you know, we were dealing with it. Um, but the products were coming out better, easier, consistent. These printers were just humming away. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then we, we, we were able to figure out, um, you know, we, we met up with, um, uh, Arthur Hobden from OMP digital design. Yeah. He helped us, you know, with our fine tuning, our CAD, um, using, using, you know, certain of his programs, um, to offset the print. So again, we were, we were back to that, um, hybrid workflow, that Franken flow, whatever you guys call it. Yeah. Um, we were printing our inners and we were carving our outers and. Yep. And just loving life and um that's basically where it got us to this stage and 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 we met with you and and we're you know we have we have other things in the mix now where we're we're obviously looking to um eliminate you know the carbon aspect and we'd love to get into i still have my eye on a on a on a um, definitive socket external socket um and we've done a lot of work uh we like to call it the beast right um, and that's where you know where we're we've been 3D printing uh TPU, um special type of TPU, you know, with, with certain uh designs. Um art had helped us uh you know build and we're we're finding we're 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 liking the first uh results. They've seen uh we're seeing great uh Z layer adhesion, no delamination, 
um, a very good stiffness of the material. And um, so far, it's checking all the boxes, and we're excited to move ahead with that. Yeah, it's been an interesting project, you know, working on trying to get this FDM definitive socket, uh, you know, cracking the code. Uh, when I talk to other CPOs in the in the field, you know, they that's one thing that they'd really want to see. And for that one benefit of having something that's a lot more repeatable for a process and dependable, um, and then, you know, having it be cheaper and, you know, more cost effective due to just maybe labor costs, you know, that's a I think there's a huge benefit of trying to go down this route. And uh, I've been pretty impressed by that, uh, you know, the design by Art, you know, kudos to him. Um, and then how far you've gotten so far with, uh, you know, those settings before I came in. And, um, you know, I think it's uh, always always going to maybe take a little bit of tweaking here and there, right? But I think we got to a nice a nicer result. And I would love to see, you know, how that starts to go out on some patients and get their feedback from it. Um you know, with all of this transition that you've been through over the last, you know, eight to 10 years of, of being in 3D printing, um, I guess I've got two questions for you here. One, you know, what advice would you give to other CPOs who are, you know, thinking about getting into it themselves, dabbling in it? Um, and then what have you seen has been the biggest benefit for you and your patients? Good question. Um, there aren't, as many excuses, if any, uh, today as there were when I started. Today, you can you can get an, a comb scanner right on your on your iPhone. It is will definitely do the job. Um, you know, it's one of the scanners we use here, um, and you can get a, a, a sidewinder printer, and you will create things and you will make things. Um, it's it, there's the, the there's no financial risks anymore whatsoever um and you you know you have a workflow with with mesh mixer uh for instance yeah. um even the cad programs um are you know art has his has his um of a flow with um zbrush and fusion the 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 out the outlay is minimal so there is no financial risk there's nothing which has to prove you know itself before you you invest because there's no investment anymore it's very it's really nominal um, so I would recommend everybody just, you know, try a, a subscription to Colm. I think it's 250 bucks for a few months and, uh, with, with under a thousand dollars, you're, you're rocking and rolling. So, and you, and you have powerful tools. It's just not, you know, mm -hmm. not, not a toy yet. You got a powerful tool. Um, so that's number one. What are the uh, benefits I've seen? Um, the benefits have evolved. You always, when I started, and I would tell patients, you know, we we 3D print and so on. Everybody goes, ooh and ah, it's amazing. It's it's the sound bite, right? Wow, 3D right. printing. And um, but I really couldn't tell them, you know, what their benefit was. My right. benefit was, you know, maybe the manufacturing speed, maybe I, I brought down my costs, um, reduced some lab errors, but like what would the patient other than maybe getting something that, you know, was brought from concept to fruition? I couldn't really tell them, you know, but um, because in the beginning we, you know, we we didn't have, let's say, the 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 scanners and the the equipment that we needed to really make sure that what we're getting is true. And and that was one thing I learned early on. Mm -hmm. You can have all the cam you want. You can get to that three D printing. You can do all that stuff. But if your CAD isn't right, if your if your shape capture, right, the beginning is not right. accurate. 
then you're just pie in the sky. Like, good luck to you because yeah. you can make anything you want that you may as well make a magic wand because you're sure. not making something that's that's going to fit or that's going to benefit the patient. So um, I would say uh, what I think, you know, I've happily and, and been able to realize over the years of the evolution is now I could look at a patient and say, we really can, you know, within within the millimeter, um, get precise measurements of you. And we can predict the fitting of a prosthesis. You know, I, I can tell you, 90, there's always going to be the exception, but 95% of the time, I know if I do my following steps, I know how my prosthesis is going to fit, and I know how my patient's going to react. Right. End of story. And you can't get that by hand. You can't get that anything else. And then, so number one, the precision is there now. The precision, if you do a, if you have a solid workflow that's consistent and repeatable, you not only can make something that's cool and make something that you know takes less time and, and you know to make and may be cheaper, may not be whatever. But now you're offering precision to your patients, which at the end of the day is the clinical game changer. And then, of course, you, all the cool things you can do with it. You know, all the um, on the fly, I have digital records of all my patients. I can go back. I can adjust. I can. They call me. You know, I have a patient. I have lots of patients who don't live in state. You know, instead of them, you know, them telling me they're wearing 15 ply socks and they could come meet me and, and we could shave off days. Uh, I could have something waiting for them based on right. what they're telling me on Zoom. You know, there's so many ways to to once sure. once you have that digital file, sky's the limit's only as good as your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. You'd mentioned you guys do a lot of uh, retrofitting and even, you know, printing out a couple different flexible inners, three, four, five millimeters, depending mm -hmm. on that, you know, new amputees, uh, residual limb fluctuation. I think that's a great, you know, idea yeah. to be able to retrofit. You know, that's right. Um, because who wants to wear 15 ply of socks, 20 ply of socks over their limb, and then their limb is moving all around inside that socket, right? So that's yeah. a, I think that's a pretty nice and interesting benefit to um, having a bit more streamlined solution for that purpose. And, um, you know, the precision. Also, yeah, I'm sorry, you're saying. Yeah, no, uh, that, that precision and repeatability. Yeah, I was just going to say, it also helps the patient because you're, you're getting to a point where there's, um, you know, we're dealing with a, nobody wants to pay anymore, you know, the, the issues of the payers. So yeah. that patient who's in 15 ply socks and his insurance won't pay for a replacement socket right now. Yeah. What am I going to do? Okay. For, for 30 bucks or 60 bucks, I'll retrofit and print a, a tighter sock, uh, inner socket. Right. If it's just as good, you know, you're back to where you are and it'll, it'll give you more time and you don't have to suffer. You can continue about your life. And, you know, you, you have a lot of great ideas. You were showing us your Vario Shore, I think is an incredible product. Um, yeah, I just thank you. that. Uh, and again, that's the beauty of this stand. Now, once you have the precision and you have the workflow, then the enhancements, then it's not just you're doing what you've done for all these years with plaster and vacuum forming and lamination, mm -hmm. and you've just replaced it with machines. Now you're doing, now you're, you're not just catching up, you're enhancing. Right. And that's where we're at now. That's what I think we're seeing in the field, enhancement of these devices, not just another way of fabricating, you know, a, a robotic way of fabricating, if you will. Okay, cute. Right. Who houses and helping the patient? Now I believe we're at the stage the last few years, we're actually helping the patient, not just our bottom line or, you know, our, our need to play with toys, you know? So, right. Yeah. Now these are certainly a little bit more than just toys now. And, uh, you know, even at $300 for an artillery sidewinder, you know, free software from Autodesk uh, Mesh Mixer, 
you know, getting into that design side of things, free slicer softwares, you know, like you said, it's, you know, very low barrier to entry for people just to get started. And like you said, you, you bought one of your first 3d printers just to learn about it. Right. So I think that step is pretty huge for people to um, start to just understand what FDM 3d printing is, what that workflow is like, you know, how do you go from a 3d scan to a actual printable and fittable device? Right. Um, and having your clinical expertise be transferred through that workflow, right? Because again, maybe some clinicians have, you know, there are very specific tweaks that they'd like to do on how a socket is fitting. And it's going to take a couple iterations for you to be able to translate those hand, you know, modifications into digital modifications. But like anything else, any other new technology, it's, there's a little bit of a learning curve, but um, you know, reaching out to, uh, you know, the people that you've reached out to for for some assistance and, you know, doing a lot of the, the legwork on your own, too, I commend you guys for because really over the past, you know, eight, nine years, you guys have been really paving the way, honestly, for, <laughs> uh, you know, this 3D printing going from pellet printing, you know, and making your own your own printers, making your own carvers and then out to, um, you know, having this fleet of, of eight artillery sidewinders, you know, is definitely an impressive feat. And um, just seeing the enthusiasm that you and your team have for it was uh, was definitely refreshing for me uh, coming in and working with uh, with you, Mark and, and Brittany um, and the rest of the team there at, at uh, New York Rehab. You know, it was, was awesome. Uh, great time. You know, thanks for having us. And, you know, we're looking forward to seeing how much more uh, you guys innovate, you know, in this time uh, alongside us and, you know, seeing where that leads you. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's definitely an exciting time. It's, um it's really, um it's really great. And um yeah, it was great having you and you really, that's, that was the point, you know, we, we love to learn. We love, to, we don't profess to know everything. And I think we're also at the stage where, we're all starting to share, you know, we're, we're unfortunately OMP is a very secretive field. Nobody likes mm -hmm. to give out their secrets because they think that their competitors and put them out of business. Yeah. Um, and that's a shame because if we would collaborate more, then we would all enhance what we're doing. Right. So, um, you know, even now with the OMP and so on, like if I'm sure if, if all of, you know, us in the 3D printing world got together, o OMP 3D printing world, and said, let's let's figure out a, a, a real definitive socket. Um, don't get me started on MJF. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, a real definitive strong socket that we can all sleep well at night, we would have it. We would have it. Um, but yeah. maybe we will. Maybe we will now. I, I think um, right. there's not enough of us out there yet doing this, and there should be more. And um, right. only we can all benefit, you know, the clinicians, the patients, the technicians. At the end of the day, you you give out good technology, you help people, everyone's going to win. You know, people worry about the technicians. I, I always say you're not going to, the, the technicians aren't going to be out of a job. They're going to have different yeah. job description. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. That's, that's one thing going. that people bring up, honestly. And um, it's, it's a shame too, because I've talked with other clinicians recently that um, are describing to me that the technical schools are just going away. There's there's very few technical schools now for PO, um, you know, and they're we're losing them. And I, I do agree with you that we're not exactly getting rid of a technician. The the job description is changing a little bit. Um, mm. But like any field that is going through any kind of um, you know change in technology, there's always going to be different people being brought in. 
Um, and, and those people who are in the field now learning new skills, right? So some people are a little bit more uh, not as responsive to that than others. So I, I get why they're so apprehensive. However, um, you, you have to have an open mind and be able to collaborate, you know, in this respect in order to succeed in 3D printing in general. Um, you know, there's a lot of this knowledge base that doesn't exist yet. Uh, and that's partly why, you know, uh, I've been so focused on this with Ascent Fabrication. Um, so, you know, that's kind of that that mantra that we live by for for our, our training, um, either virtual and or, you know, coming in houses. We want to make sure that we know what you want to print and what you're passionate about to be able to you know be successful with that and long term. Right. This is a now an ongoing relationship that, you know, we'll continue to uh, work with you to keep pushing these boundaries because, you know, this is, this is just scratching the surface, right? There's so much more that we can do with this to um, enhance some of these designs and, um, you know, continue to create more benefits for, for the patients uh, specifically and, and us in the background too. So, you know, definitely appreciate this, you know, collaborative relationship that you guys have with us. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's exciting. And the, Look forward to the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for your time, Mike. I, I know you've got a busy, you know, clinical schedule coming up today, so I won't hold you any longer. But you know, thank you very much for those insights. Those are extremely valuable. I'm sure people are going to get uh, some little tidbits of information out of that. Um, if you are open to, you know, talking with anyone, you know, one on one, um, how could someone get in touch with you? Um, I guess they could email me. Uh, my email is mike at nyrehab.net. Yeah, feel free to to email me. Absolutely. So we'll I put some sure. that uh, we'll put that in the show notes there, and make sure that uh, you know if you do have any uh, just general questions like we've discussed here with Mike about how to get started, or just you know general uh, people that we should be talking to, you know we can definitely get you in touch with Mike or myself. Um, but thanks again, Mike. I appreciate it. You know this has been a, a great you know insight to the PO side of of three D printing and the evolution over the past, you know, eight, nine years. Um, so happy Fabrication Friday, everyone. Hope you got a couple good tidbits out of that. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. All right, thanks. Thanks. thanks for having me.